Welcome to the Fully Nourished Podcast. I am your host, Jennifer Bailey. I am a holistic nutrition and mindset coach here to open the conversation up about health and wellness and to teach you how to live a fully nourished and quality life. Let's get into the show. Hello, everyone. I am excited to bring you this episode today. This is an excerpt from my workshop last night talking about the beginner's guide to fat loss. And I decided that I wanted to share it with the podcast because there's some really good golden nuggets in here that I think that a lot of people would benefit from and help them start on their journey. So I can't wait for you to hear it and I hope you enjoy. My goal really for this conversation is to give you clarity, to have actual tangible action steps, and even a sigh of relief uh, because we let we get to let nutrition be super simple. It's a common reaction that I get from clients when they realize, okay, this is way easier than I thought it had to be. So that is my hope for everyone on this call today and or anyone who is watching later. Um, and one of the reasons why that we fail at diets is because we tend to put all of our eggs in one basket. We think, yes, this diet, this strategy, this method, whatever it is, is going to work, right? You might think like, I'm finally going to feel good in my body again. And we do really well for a while. And then all of a sudden our progress slows down, it stalls and, or we just stepped on the gas pedal way too fast. And now we don't know how to control the wheel of the car and we crash, right? So pretty much everything that we've done comes to a halt. Slow and steady wins the race, right? Super cliche, but that's the truth of it. Slow ends up equal, um, equaling fast. And I'll kind of go over that a little bit later. So the number one thing that you can take away from this conversation today that's going to make you successful is to create a lifestyle that works for you, right? So you guys know that I do bodybuilding and I'm in a show or I'm preparing for a show right now, but in 2020, I competed in my first show. And when I competed for my first show, uh, my husband, Darian was my coach. He still is right. But to preface the story, he's a 260 pound man. He's very large. And the only thing that he eats is chicken and rice every single day. And when I had my first prep with him, it was kind of like, follow what I do. So I ate the same thing every single day. And I kid you not, I ate chicken, broccoli, rice, and cheese every single day, multiple times a day for two months straight. I felt absolutely terrible. My digestion was awful. I was bloated. I was starting to become intolerant to broccoli because I was eating it so much and I was becoming intolerant to other foods because I didn't have any variety, right? And I had the absolute worst cravings. And once my show was complete, right? My goal was to have maybe like one or two days of intuitive eating and then get back on track. During this time, I was waiting for my show to be over. I was like, I really want some pork shredded tacos or not tacos, um, nachos. I was like, this sounds so good. 
And so the day after my show, I finally ordered some because I've been thinking about them for the last three months. And it was like the moment that all of the flavors hit my taste buds, I could not stop eating them. That was like a trigger for me where it completely relapsed me into that binge eating, that overeating to compensate for everything that I restricted myself for. Now, this is kind of an extreme example, but it's a clear example. And so within that time frame, I ended up gaining back 25 plus pounds within a few months after that show. And that was more weight than I initially lost. So to imagine all that work that I went through, right? I was on a super restricted diet, beating myself up in the gym five, six days a week, right? To just gain everything back. So you can only imagine how defeating that felt. And it's a really common feeling that most people have because they're constantly going through this diet cycle of, okay, I'm going to try this new diet, go all in, and then they get tired, they sell out, and then they quit. They take some time off, then they go back on the diet, right? It's that classic diet cycle. And the reason that I'm sharing this story is because every single person is different, right? So what works for one person may not work for another. So for that example, my husband has absolutely no emotional attachment to food whatsoever. He doesn't really care about what he eats. It's just fuel for him, right? Because he is such a large man. He has to eat so much. He's like, I don't care what I'm putting in my body. Just give me chicken and rice the whole time. Now, that did not work for me at all because for one, I love food. Consider myself a foodie. I need variety. I love bold flavors. It's something that I value. I want my mealtime to be an experience. And on top of that, right, my body is also sensitive. I'm very in tune with my body and I do not function well when I'm not optimized on my health, right? So eating the same thing every day actually was destructive to me rather than getting a variety of foods. So I knew that I needed a different approach. So every person is unique and diet, nutrition, fitness is not one size fits all. We all have different personalities, work-life balance, demands, families, relationships, values, and financial situations, right? So what it really comes down to is what am I willing to do day in and day out? Now, I think that's a really powerful question to ask yourself because what you are willing to put in the day is not something that someone else is willing to put in the day, right? So that's why you see people who are trying to count macronutrients or trying to weigh their food, and that's not actually what they value. There's no way that they're going to stick with it because they're internally not willing to do it. So you have to find what is your non-negotiable. So something even else to consider is, you know, what is it that you actually really enjoy and what do you hate? Um, You have to make this healthy lifestyle work for you and not against you, right? We no longer want the days of trying to torture ourselves for 12, 16 weeks to end up getting nowhere. We want to make this a lifestyle that we can sustain for the long run. The foundations of health are actually really quite simple and it's changing our habits that's really difficult, but what if we can make it easier, right? So um, asking yourself what pieces of health and advice fit into your puzzle and what doesn't. So what serves you and what does not serve you. So if you absolutely hate running, 
why are you running, right? <laughs> There's so many other forms of cardio. So when you're first starting this journey, you want to find what are the things that you like and you start there. And over time, you're going to build momentum and that's going to push you farther. When people fail off really quickly, it's because they're trying to dump all of these different things in at once. They don't even like doing it. It's overwhelming. And then they stop. The number one key is to disregard diet culture, right? Take everything with a grain of salt. Everyone has their own opinion. And what's the best way? Low carb, high carb, keto, paleo, whatever, right? We all see it on social media. So everyone has their opinion. What's the best way? What's the right way? What's the wrong way? But you have to ask yourself, what's actually right for me? And when you see things on social media, you have to go through it and think to yourself, does this serve me? Would this move my progression in my health journey further? Or would this just take me backwards? So like I said earlier, consistency is key. It's a steadfast adherence to success. When again, when we tackle nutrition, we most likely go zero to 100, have no balance, then we give up. Um, and we continue the cycle over and over and over again. And the next thing you know, we've been living this cycle for the last 10, 15, 20 years. Um, if you relate to that, go ahead and raise your hand or type yes. Yes. Isn't it crazy to think like, I can think back to when I was really young, how starting to have diet mentality thoughts and now being 26 like that's a good chunk of amount of years isn't it and to think that we waste our time thinking about food and diet in this such a way um and it's all because of that diet cycle after you know today's talk i want you to take what you learn today and apply it to your life in this in a sense that fits your lifestyle and what you can adhere to your journey and what it what's going to make the journey more enjoyable What's going to make it more, um, what's going to make it easier to adhere to? Because the success that you get on a fat loss journey is just the sum of small efforts repeated day in and day out. So say, you know, someone committed to running every single day for 30 minutes, but they hate running. They're probably going to last about a week and then fall off compared to someone who's just going to start with. 30 minutes of walking, maybe three times a week. And they're able to adhere to that because one, they enjoy it. And two, it's realistic and attainable. And then they start building momentum, start building days on top of that, right? And also being honest with yourself because who we are today is not the same person that we want to be. And I think we have to acknowledge that, right? The person that we want to be has different habits, different goals. They think differently than where we are right at this moment. And we have to increase our self-worth and build our self-trust and confidence in order to match that level with that person we want to be. So for an example, I have a client, She, when she first came to me, she ate fast food three times a day, every single day. She came to me because she wanted to get pregnant. And she's like, I eat like a possum. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't start you on a food plan because there's no way you would stick to it. So what is the first step that we can take from there? Well, 
why don't we look at the menus of these places that you go to and look at what the healthier options are? And we'll start there. It can be that small of a step for you to take onto your journey, right? And making sure that we prioritize uh, health first, no matter what your journey is. Prioritize health and then fat loss is kind of the bonus. You see bodybuilders or people who are really, really lean and they look fantastic, but internally they are super unhealthy, right? That was me in 2020. I was super lean, getting ready for my show, but internally my health was a disaster. My hormones, my gut health, everything. So we want to focus on health and let fat loss be the outcome of that. So a good way to do this is just by outcrowding the lesser good things in our life. What is it that you could add that's good into your life now? So if you're someone who drinks soda every day, well, could you start by drinking a glass of water before you have a soda? Could you cut down your two cups of coffee a day to one cup and then one decaf? Things like that. Doing the small things to help crowd out the bad habits, I'll put in quotation marks, right? Everything in moderation. And health is seriously so simple, but it's, right, it's our habits that are difficult to change. Nutrition and the foundations of our health are so basic, but where it gets confusing is we have to unlearn everything we learned growing up, right? Because we learn things from our parents, our peers, sports coaches, mentors, the media, especially. Um, I mean, every generation learns something about diet culture from growing up, right? So it might've been the low fat craze. It might've been uh, the early 2000s of girls being really skinny. We all are influenced by something in our environment and it shapes us and it conditions us. And it causes us to have these habits and tendencies and it influences the way we think and approach food. So go ahead and raise your hand if you've ever been part of the clean plate club, right? So our parents might say, you got to eat everything on your plate. There's people in other countries that are starving. And obviously it's with good intention, right? But those things can start ingraining, ingraining in our head. Um, and it causes, it manifests when we're older to finish everything on our plate, even when we're not hungry. So it disregards those hunger cues. All right, raise your hand if you impulsively grab candy or dessert when it's in front of you without a second thought. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. So that's another tendency that we get from our environment, right? It can come from, I won't get into it too much, but it can come from like the value of a dollar in terms of food, or if you never had that growing up, when we see it, it feels like, oh, we don't have another chance to have that. So let's eat that now, disregarding our hunger cues. So those are things just to stay mindful of, right? These are all environmental influences, but we were born with the innate ability to be intuitive eaters. So we are inclined naturally to eat nourishing foods, but over time it's skewed with everything that we've learned in our environment. And it's truly our own responsibility for us to advocate for our health and to look at all the information and see what serves us and what doesn't. Even having a coach, right? Like even if you're my client currently and 
I tell you something, but you don't necessarily feels like it aligns or if it works for you, you have to be that advocate for yourself because you know your body best. All right, the six ingredients to fat loss. Super simple, the most basic recipe to follow, and I'm going to tell you it straight here, okay? The first one is to eat real and whole foods, right? Asking yourself, does this food come from earth or does it come from a factory? Another good analogy that I heard the other day was, do you really want to eat food that comes off a conveyor belt? And that one just hit me in a certain way where I was like, uh, yeah, you're right. That doesn't sound that great. Number two is to balance your macronutrients with protein at the forefront. So it doesn't matter if you lift weights, doesn't matter if you're male or female, we all need to put protein at the forefront of our meals. It's super, super important. Number three is we want to prioritize eating meals over snacks. And this is to ensure we balance our blood sugar and remain stable throughout the day. Number four is to eat at regular intervals. Now you could call this time restricted eating, whatever verbiage you want to use, but eating an average every four hours. Now, this is really important because one, it's going to help us keep our blood sugar stable. And two, having that time in between meals is going to help us fully digest our food and let it pass. Most people, and you may resonate to this if you've constantly grazed throughout the day, then your body is never getting a break to clear out any um, like excess glucose and not able to break down the food fully before you start consuming again. So we want to give our body that break. Number five is to eat until you're 80% full, which I think this one is maybe the hardest part, especially if you do love food. It can be really hard to put your fork down when you just have a couple of bites left and your food tastes really good. Um, but if we can be honest with ourselves and eat until 80% full, that one is going to be super helpful for you. And number six is to simply just drink more water. A good starting point is to drink half of your body weight in ounces. So cutting your weight in half, um, that's about as many ounces you should drink. Now, if you are someone who sweats a lot or you work out at the gym, lift weights, you need to increase your water. It seems really simple, right? Like you might have come on here and you're like, all right, I kind of, I know these things, right? Eat healthy, exercise, Raise your hand if you feel that, resonate with that. Yeah, right? These are all things we already know. And it's not that people eat that unhealthy. Now, of course, there are exceptions, right? But the average person who's coming, like people who come to me looking to lose weight, they eat healthy foods. Um, but it's either one of these three things. Either one, they're chronically under eating or they're eating one food group far more than another and it's causing an imbalance or three, they're chronically stressed, they have hormone issues, they have poor liver health, gut health issues, and it's causing a deeper issue. So those are the three common problems that people have with fat loss. Theoretically, fat loss is really simple, right? It's eat less than your energy maintenance and you'll lose weight eat more than your maintenance and you'll gain weight. And people will probably think, all right, I just got to cut my calories from what I'm eating now and I'll be good. 
But that's not actually true, right? Because people have that idea of, all right, I just got to cut food from where I am now, right? But if you're already only eating 1200 calories and you cut down, and most people don't know how to cut down correctly, so they end up slashing calories by 500 calories, 600 calories, whatever it is. So now they're down to under a thousand calories, trying to go about their normal day. And their body is like, whoa, hold up. What are you doing? Because our body's always trying to protect ourselves, right? So when we're chronically under eating, our body preserves energy. So that's where you hear that your metabolism slows down because it adapts, right? How much energy do we actually need? And we have a total daily energy expenditure, right? This is how much we use during the day. And it's broken up into these categories. We have BMR, which is basal metabolic rate. And this is if you lay down on the couch all day, did absolutely nothing. This is the amount of calories that you need. And for most women, they're eating far less than their BMR. So that kind of tells you a story right there. Neat, which is non-exercise thermogenesis, those are going to be any movements that are not related to exercise. So again, walking in a parking lot, doing chores, fidgeting. If you're really anxious, you're burning energy, right? Physical activity is structured exercise. And then thermic effective food is the energy that we need to break down food, to digest it. So when you're eating these whole foods, you're actually burning calories as well. Now it's a small percentage, but it does require energy. So your daily amount of calories is dependent on your age, weight, height, and gender, and your activity level, of course. If you have more muscle, you get to eat more food, right? You need more energy. When we chronically under eat, right? Women get so frustrated because they're like, I don't understand why I'm not losing weight. And as you can see, like if women are eating underneath their BMR, then how can your body even function properly, right? It's just trying to preserve energy so you can live. Um, So most often, a lot of women actually have to increase their calories before they can actually lose weight. To lose fat, we have to be in a caloric deficit, anywhere from 200 to 500 calories per day. And the slower you go, the more successful you'll be. So I want to give a clear example of what 200 calories look like. So... Who here has just eaten trail mix from the jar, just like, or any snack, right? You just take handfuls of it. Yeah. And then you end up eating the whole bag. (laughs) Instead of going into the trail mix bag and eating handfuls, thinking that, oh, it's nuts. It's healthy. It's fine. Going ahead and measuring a quarter cup, right? So going from a handful to measuring a quarter cup that's about a 200 calorie deficit. Okay. Going from eating two cups of rice to eating one cup of rice is a 200 calorie deficit. Swapping your bag of potato chips for something like vegetables or a cup of fruit is going to be a 200 calorie deficit. Eating two spoonfuls of peanut butter, uh, mindlessly, right. To actually measuring what a tablespoon is. 200 calorie deficit. If you haven't done that, it's very humbling because it's a lot less than you think. (laughs) So you can see that 200 calories is really not that much. So when people are going into this thinking, 
all right, I got to cut calories. They are cutting way more calories than they actually need to in order to be sustainable. So it's really one thing at a meal that's going to create that deficit for you. And I think that's a really easy way to wrap your head around it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it and were able to learn something from it to help you in your journey. Now, if you found this helpful, I would love for you to support the podcast, write write a review or subscribe. And if you found this helpful and are looking to be a participant in future upcoming workshops, go ahead and follow me on Instagram at underscore JM Bailey to learn when the next workshop is. I will post them on my Instagram and I hope you guys have a fabulous day.